This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to DMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So this is the week that Britney Spears' memoir comes out. Um, and uh, there have been a lot of bombshells. Um, this is not a bombshell, but it's something that is top of mind over the last it is, couple of years. It is very interesting because it is one of the things that people think about when you think about Britney Spears now on social media, and that is her being naked almost weekly. Uh, she posts something where she is in some form of uh, Naked. This robe. Nakedness. <laughs> yes. Uh, and she says there's, this is her explanation for it. But we'll get into it. There's some issues with her explanation. But this is what she says. Um, she says, I know that a lot of people don't understand why I love taking pictures of myself naked or in new dresses. But I think if they'd been photographed by other people thousands of times, prodded and posed for other people's approval, they'd understand that I get a lot of joy from posing the way I feel sexy and taking my own picture. Now, that may be true. Actually, what she said there could be true, that she does enjoy that. Um, but it but feels, we know that- It feels very post-conservatorship, PC. Right, as if that, you know, she got some freedom uh, once the conservatorship was over and she felt like she could do this whenever she wanted to. So we should talk about, that. that is PC, let's talk about BC, before the conservatorship. Right. And before the conservatorship, the same thing was going on. So um, we just know because of various people, look, we've followed Britney for 18 years now right. on TMZ. And um, as a matter of fact, 18 years this, this week. This week? This week. Huh. Um, how about that? that? Yeah. Hey, happy anniversary. Same to you. <laughs> um, so we followed her long before the conservatorship began. And this became an issue um, many years before where, you know, and look, I, I'm not saying there's any shame to this. There's nothing wrong with it, but the fact she is. She would walk around the house naked all the time. There were some staff members who had complained about this. Um, and over the years, this was a thing with her kids where they felt uncomfortable, especially when she was posting pictures. But this is not a new thing. It right. was just not a new thing. Yeah, and kind of like what you said, Harvey, this whole issue is kind of one of the reasons why her and her sons are estranged. Her sons had said that this was embarrassing for them because, you know, on social media, you can get these kids totally get teased, right, for what she's yeah. posting. And we have social media now, but back when Britney was doing all this stuff, there wasn't social media then. So we're seeing her kind of like in a different light. It's great that she feels confident from these, but some of them are kind of concerning. Um, you know, she looks like disheveled a lot of the times. Her eye makeup looks like she just woke up. And she's like doing kind of like erratic, bizarre videos, like in a bathroom, like circling around in the mirrors naked. So people are just like, these are a little, like, should we be concerned that she's not in the conservatorship or, you know, what exactly is happening I here? Think, I think the Britney being naked is probably the least concerning thing. I, I, I get why, no, I right. get what, and I, I get what totally Charlie's saying that you. people see things, there, but of the things happening in her life, that's the least thing to be 100%. concerned about. A hundred percent. So she's naked. Now, so. on a lighter note, mm -hmm. um, 
and I didn't know this. Apparently, this has been out, but it's something she talks about. Talks that the, um, the song that made her famous, uh, the uh, person producing that, uh, she was Martin. not. She was not her first. His first choice. Yeah, Max Martin had actually uh, shopped around "Baby One More Time," "Hit Me Baby One More Time," and it was supposed to go. His first stop was Backstreet Boys. He'd already written a big hit uh, with Backstreet Boys. And then he also shopped it to TLC, which was at the time getting ready to do, um, I believe it was their fifth album. And they passed. And they passed, Backstreet passed. Now, can I just and say. Britney falls into his lap, sort of. Can I he, just say that they would have done that song really well. It would have been different, Backstreet. but Backstreet Boys could have pulled it off and TLC could have pulled it off. Yep. The difference to me is not in the song, because the song would have been good if any three of them would have done it. It's the music video. Yeah, to uh, me, the music video is what's always made that song iconic. I yeah, think I mean, so. that was iconic, the little schoolgirl outfit, but the song was already a hit. People loved <laughs> this like new, cute girl like singing, and her voice was kind of unique at the time. It was like very, like, uh, what I think you it? are, Charlie, I think you are, you're forgetting, <laughs> you're, listen, it's starting to happen, but I think you're forgetting the impact that MTV at that point still had right like that MTV made or braid made 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 or made or broke songs made or break yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> no definitely the music video was iconic but the song was already a hit her voice with like the vocal fry saying like oh baby they like Backstreet Boys <laughs> they couldn't think, have she done she just that. wanted to do that she so she wanted to do that. that I do I imitate her all the time at work and now you guys are getting a little bit more from me now <laughs> again I get it. The, the song would have been a hit with her, but I think it would have been a hit with the Backstreet Boys. I think it would have been a hit with TLC. But, but, but they that, wouldn't have done. They that wouldn't have done video. that music video and the music. Look, when you but think she about, been you could famous. see Nick Carter in that. She outfit. still would have been famous. <laughs> if this song, though, Harvey Charles, if this song wasn't her first single, she absolutely still would have been famous with some other song. Hi, my name is Daphne J. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. As far as Brittany, that is a really good thing that she does feel comfortable enough in her skin to take pictures in the case maybe, but there should also be a certain boundary and limitation to it because we do have kids that are on social media, especially hers. It should definitely, you know, it's kind of inappropriate when kids see that, she should kind of like watch that. Yeah, again, I still think like nudity in the world of Britney is... It's not the biggest it's issue. It's not as concerning as the knives. No, it is not the biggest issue. Okay, we're gonna move on. Yes, uh, to it's Taylor Swift, um, who is the biggest football fan in the United States, it seems. The biggest Chiefs fan, certainly, uh, <laughs> even though she was a sworn Eagles fan, but for some reason now she's a Chiefs fan. Uh, she was at Travis Kelsey's game again on Sunday, and there's a new wrinkle to her appearances at Arrowhead Stadium now. Uh, because she always watches next to Brittany Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife. And when they the Chiefs scored, there was a little celebration dance they broke out. Dance and handshake. A secret handshake. Well, it's not so secret anymore. They certainly knew the cameras were going to be on them. Oh, God. And that's why they came up with it. You see, Taylor's like, come on, let's do it, let's do it. Okay. It's <laughs> I'm sorry. Isn't that precious? They lost me. <laughs> they, have, they lost honestly, you at the handshake. No, the, well, no, no, no. I mean, I get it, but they lost me. No, Harv, I'm with you. They, they have lost me, now, too. Now, hold on a second, Babcock. Charles. You don't think, I mean, look, Patrick and Travis probably have 
like a celebration they they're do. Football they're football players. players they're okay, hold well, on. Their significant others can have they're a celebration too. Football players. Come on. It's so just, significant it's others can't have. It's too much, Charles. It's too much. I've reached my breaking point. I felt myself getting there over the last few weeks, and, and this was it. I don't need them bumping butts in the luxury suite with the handshake. I believe I'm it's a hip bump, it. actually. But, yeah, I mean... I, I, I gotta be honest. Did, I didn't think. I, I, I didn't know what you know if, if they were actually friends or what the relationship might be, or if there could be jealousy on Britney's part. But I, I, I clearly jealousy think friends. Britney, Britney Mahomes is. Be jeal- yeah, are you be, kidding? Well, well, I didn't know. No, 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 no but she but is Harv. But she's I didn't not know now because Taylor has befriended her. She was the queen her. of right. the uh, the Chiefs fans, and now she's not anymore. And I didn't know how she would deal with. You know what? You know what's bigger than being the queen of the Chiefs fans? <laughs> what? Being Taylor Swift's best friend. Yeah. That's what's now bigger. We have learned yeah. that, she we? is reveling. Like, yeah, in she's this. like Chiefs. What? I'm in. I'm in right. the squad now. She is reveling in this. Come on. Now, here's the thing. The fact that Taylor has gone to three games and maybe mm-hmm. she'll go to more, to me, it makes me realize two things. One, and we've been talking about this, this is a serious relationship. I have no idea where it's going. No, it is. And by the way, a serious you can tell relationship. when they walked out after the game, holding they're, hands. they're holding hands and they're doing the interlocked fingers hold hands. Yeah, that no. shows that you, yeah. right. Because if, if you're just friends. So sure, here, here's like where that. I think this is going. I think when she goes on the international leg of her tour, He's going to go to some of the shows, assuming they're still together. If she's when going is, to his game, he's going he to her go. concert. He's not going to be able to go into well, not for a while. February, well, probably. But she's going to be on tour for a long time. Sure. I think they're going to do a long-distance type thing if it keeps going. She's made it clear by going to all these games, um, they're into travel. <laughs> I mean, they just are. Yeah. And I think this, is, uh, this has got legs. Hi, uh, this is Jay Clemens, uh, also from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'll go the opposite way here in terms of backing up uh, Taylor and everything she's done over the last month. A month ago, I didn't care. But today, or especially after watching yesterday, think about it. NFL players, they have all the time in the world uh, after a practice to work on their touchdown and turnover celebrations so it looks great on Sunday. But here you have the biggest pop star in the world who's on the brink of a European tour. You would think that she wouldn't have a lot of time midweek to go through a touchdown celebration. And yet, when the CBS cameras were rolling on her, she nailed it. Very impressive. <laughs> he impre- impressed with the choreography. Oh, my gosh. You know the old saying, you got to see the baby, or the line from Seinfeld, um, got to <laughs> see the baby. Uh, Paris Hilton decided she wanted to share some photos of her son, Phoenix. Which, by the way, is great. Yes. Which is great. Why wouldn't you? You're a proud mom. Because social media is because a... social media is a cesspool. Cauldron of hate. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, you look at the photo of Phoenix, that is a an adorable kid. kid. Right? No. Instead, uh, now she did, I, we should say, there were a lot of Paris's fans who had lovely things to say about her baby boy, um, but then there were just a mountain of trolls who came rolling down. Gee, what a shock. Yeah, and in fact, some of Paris's fans actually took note of this, and they were sort of defending her before she jumped in and defended herself, but here is uh, sort of a, this is a TikTok collection of all the hatred. I think Phoenix is adorable. You have people calling him Stewie. And then someone saying genetically engineered to be a genius for sure. And then another person who really does look like he has macrocephaly. My boys all had big heads, but his is much bigger. And yes, I'm a nurse. Oh, you're a nurse. Uh, You're right. 
saw this comment a few times, um, who's going to tell her? So now people have moved on to bullying a baby. A baby that most likely gets probably some of the best health care, like, ever. I'm going to take a wild guess and say Paris Hilton has probably gotten her baby checked for any and everything. Uh, well, and exactly. also that is a very smart TikTok. Well, but but also there. it's like she's all look. I mean, good on her for doing what she did. But at the same time, it's like you're kind of creating the situation where she must be taking the kid to a doctor. No, the kids. Well, no, she just meant regular. No, I, I, I know she, she meant she regular checkups. Right? She didn't mean that the kid needs. Extra care. So Paris, right. so Paris responded to this specific TikTok and just basically said, you know, there are a ton of sick people in this world, and they're, that her angel's perfectly healthy. Yes, of course, uh, she's taking it to a doctor, and that he just has a large brain. But I think what this was, it was a combination of two things. It was there were a lot of trolls online, like just don't look at the comments, like we always say. But a lot of people also were concerned, saying that, you know, hey, I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I think this baby might have this yeah. particular issue. And that's kind of what they were maybe, saying. And, and like the TikTok user, maybe they are. Um, or maybe they're just saying that. I, but can that, I ask, but, can, that, but can that, I, that point is very valid, that obviously, if there were an issue, Paris Hilton and, Car Paris and Carter are going to do they have the means, they're gonna they, do whatever is necessary. They clearly have the best doctor care. And also, right. I, I mean, we've been seeing this for years. I think this is why, you know, celebrities are so protective of their kids and showing photos of their faces and being seen out in public because they know, I mean, it's a little- I guess I get It's that not even part. one year old and it's getting absolutely blasted By online. the way, you can say he. You keep saying, is he saying he is? It's one year old. It's one year old. Sorry. Yes, Phoenix, it. he is one year old. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. Devin's <laughs> paternal if instinct you, coming out If there. you had a kid, would you put pictures of that kid on social media? If I were a celebrity? Mm -hmm. Very, very limited and not... Not you're like you're just opening up your kid to yeah. trolls on the internet, and the kid doesn't have a choice. It, I mean, it, obviously right. doesn't know these photos are getting posted. Yeah, and I mean, it's just like... The, Name one person today where people, even Taylor Swift is getting dragged for the secret handshake. Right. But I mean, there's nobody that doesn't get trolled when you put yourself out there, you just don't. And it's just, this is kind of the world we're living in right now. And it's one thing when you put yourself out there and you're a celebrity and you're doing it because you're promoting whatever and you, you're promoting your brand, but yeah, it gets very risky when it's, uh, when it's a kid. Yeah. I still doesn't understand why you, I don't, it doesn't explain not telling us what the name of the kid is. Oh, we still, that has That to, doesn't make sense. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you could just tell us the Sorry, name. Sorry, that's ridiculous. <laughs> What's the kid's name? <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Damien Zion, live from Sickleville, New Jersey. I just want to say, baby Phoenix is so cute. And it doesn't even matter if he has a big head. That baby is in a, a billion-dollar family, multi-billion-dollar family, so he can be a big-headed, billion-dollar baby, and he's still going to be, you know, outdoing everybody that's talking about him, so it doesn't even matter. He's cute, and good. kudos to Paris for and taking up her. And by the way, some of the finest people I know have large heads. Very large craniums. Appreciate so that. So don't judge some people. Some of the finest people <laughs> I know. This sounds very, I'm not going to say. My brother-in-law knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, um, my only issue is the Burberry thing. But uh, Oh, gosh. It's overused. Really. Okay, uh, we're moving on. Yes, Emily Blunt has a confession to make. Um, actually, it's more of an apology. This is a mea culpa throwing herself on the sword um, because somebody Maybe. clearly dug up an old, um, an old post where she- 11 years old. 11 years old. Where she made a comment about um, 
about a, a waitress, server a waitress. At, at a Chili's, um, and it, she referred to the uh, as an, she called her enormous. Right. Um, but here's 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 why why she's apologizing. Apologizing. If you go to Chili's, you can see why so many of our American friends are enormous. Because <laughs> I, I ordered a starter once and it was like four mini burgers, and they were yeah. as big as proper burgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the girl who was serving me was enormous. You know, I think she got freebie meals at Chili's. Nothing wrong with that. And she comes up and she goes, did anyone ever tell you you look a lot like Emily Blunt? <laughs> and I said, I have heard that, yes. <laughs> and she went, are you Emily Blunt? And I went, yeah. And she went, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> I so, take more offense to mocking the American accent so, than um, the enormous part. But somebody, somebody found, somebody found this, that this old is, clip. again, 11 years old, and she's getting trolled on social media. Um, and she decided, which I think is interesting, to apologize for this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a new approach. Yeah, she posted this apology that basically said she is way old enough to know better and that the story she was trying to tell did not come off the right way and that she wanted to address this head on because when she did watch this back that her jaw hit the floor from watching this. So she did say she, you know, she said some hurtful, insensitive things to um, unrelated to the story that she was trying to tell and she wants to apologize for the hurt that she caused for that. You know, the sensibilities of, of America, of Americans, of people, in 2011 and 12 are just different from today. That doesn't excuse it or make it right or whatever, but hopefully we've kind of evolved. Um, right. But what, when that clip, when she first did that interview. Nobody said anything. Nobody said nobody a word said about anything. And it wasn't speaking about a particular person. She wasn't naming, you know what I mean? Like, Although honestly, she did, the way it she came did across kind of me. zero in on somebody who was a waitress for her at Chili's who asked her if she was I gotta be honest with you. It came across to me as one of those stories that celebrities tell on talk shows just to have a story that you yeah. guys know that the, all those things didn't really happen. That's what she should apologize. Sometimes. It's just not a great story. Right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michael from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Um, yeah, I think, I really think Emily Blunt should just not respond to this story. Um, it was definitely from a different time, different era. And I'm also, I'm sure the waitress, you know, completely forgot about this uh, event. And now she's going to be reminded that, you know, That's a good point. Emily Bunt does this about her. That's actually a great point. That it's something that probably is in the recesses of her memory. Well, it is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Uh, Israel has said that uh, they have no choice but to, uh, to launch a, a ground offensive to remove Hamas from Gaza, and that is gonna come with a particular set of challenges um, because they are aware of the fact that uh, Hamas has put miles and miles of tunnels underneath Gaza. Tunnels that are incredibly sophisticated. Uh, they go down as much as 100 feet. Um, they are fortified, and it's a very dangerous mission. Uh, it is essentially a, a form of uh, urban warfare, and there's uh, retired U.S. officer who's written and taught at West Point all about urban warfare and what they're going to be up against going through these tunnels. Major John Spencer is the U.S. Army's expert in this uh, in this field, and he is joining us right now. Uh, Major Spencer, welcome to TMZ Live. No, thanks for having me. So, look, there are uh, upwards of 200 hostages right now. The number keeps going up. I think it's now a 220. Um, and presumably some of them may be in that tunnel if, God, if, the, if Hamas is holding them as human shields. So 
how does this work? I mean, how in the world you know, begin Hamas, Hamas knows they had to know when they when they attacked Israel on October seventh that Israel was going to respond this way. How does Israel extricate the hostages and kill Hamas? Oh, uh, very carefully. I mean, like. I think it was Brad Pitt that said, you know, fighting in a basement presents many challenges. Number one, you're fighting in a basement. Um, going into a tunnel, militaries have fought in tunnels since ancient warfare. It actually predates ancient warfare. It's where you go when you don't want to be seen on the surface. And today is where you go if you don't want to be attacked on the surface. But the militaries like us in, in Vietnam who face you know, massive networks of tunnels have options of what they can do in a tunnel but the presence of those hostages, like you mentioned, really changes that calculation as in you have to go down a lot slower. And I don't think people understand like tunnels. Um, what Hamas has built is more analogous to like the New York metro system. They actually call it the metro than just a, a tunnel as that we might have in our mind. Not, I mean, there are layers and layers of tunnels, like a city under a city down there. And there's no other place, you know, just thinking logically where Hamas will put the hostages that they want to keep, but under underground in those tunnels. So when you enter them, you can't do things like flood them with water, flood them with cement, flood them with smoke, things that militaries have done in the past if you believe your hostages are down there. So it, it almost, it sounds like they've really forced the hand of Israel and whoever else is standing alongside Israel, that when they go into these tunnels, you're only, it, you have to, this has to be hand to hand or, very close to hand-to-hand, -hand, right? This isn't, you can't lob grenades in there and then hope for the best because you have no idea who's in there, and especially if you're trying to get these hostages out. I mean, yes and. Um, you know, Israel has known about Hamas tunnels, and I've traveled to Israel, and I've, I've, I've went into Hamas replica networks in southern Israel. Um, they know of the challenges. They have developed, um, there are robots, remote control vehicles, um, lots of things they can put in front of the soldiers so it's not hand-to-hand. -hand. That's the worst-case scenario, right? Uh, is to be like a tunnel rat, and, and, and which is what we did in Vietnam as well, is send a guy with a handgun and a flashlight and, and um, you know, enter that hill. I mean, it's hard. No, no normal military equipment works underground, but Israel has some of the most advanced technologies from dogs to drones to robots, you name it, that you can send down there before you, but that's the issue with the scale of this problem, right? 200 plus hostages in hundreds of miles of tunnels. Um, if anything, it's gonna take a lot of time. Well, it may take time, but at a point when they do kind of figure out what's what down there, um, I've been thinking about it all weekend, that Hamas knew, and I keep going back to this, that when Hamas engaged in that kind of vicious terrorism on October 7th, they knew Israel would respond this way. They knew there would be a ground incursion. They knew it. They had to. And, and, and I, so, I, to your point, I think it was it was so vicious. The the things that they did, they did that because they wanted right. to draw. Israel. And so they right. know they knew it was going to happen. And so what I've been wondering is, is Hamas thinking they may kill us? You know, the the terrorists who did what we did, but at the same time. If they kill the hostages in the process, the world will turn on Israel, and in a weird way, they kind of win 
that public debate, because you see what's going on now, that people have forgotten, a lot of people have forgotten about October 7th and are just looking at the consequence. So could this be Hamas's MO from the get-go? I mean, that is Hamas's MO from the get-go. Not necessarily the use of hostages as shields, but humans as shields. They'll, they want thousands of the Palestinian people of Gaza to die in, in pursuit of their objective, which is the destruction of all of Israel and all Jewish people, um, in the pursuit of having the Arab world rise up because they're um, the perception of the operation. I 100% agree that's that's Hamas's old strategy, right? Strike, expect a retaliation, want the world to respond, want all Arabs to respond, all Muslims um, to rise up. But the problem here is that even from a logical military perspective is Israel has no choice but to do something they've never done before, right? This isn't new, but because of the severity of this attack and the and the, and their shown military capabilities, 4,000 rockets in a single day launched at Israel, um, the IDF and Israel are going to move into Gaza and destroy all of their capability, not some of it. Well, the good news I heard you saying there, Major, is that they, that Israel has some of these tunnels replicated so they could train at least before going in. Um, but obviously training is one thing, and when you're down there against the enemy, it's another. Um, Thank you so much for joining the, us. Uh, we really knowledge. do appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, it's such a desperate situation. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. All right. Uh, when we come back, some health concerns, major health concerns about Madonna after she says something that seems odd in the middle of her tour. Uh, she's out trekking across Europe, but she said something last night to the fans that have a lot of them worried. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Uh, when Madonna announced that she was going to... Uh, carry on with her tour after hospitalization. I think fans were excited um, because they were very much looking forward to the celebration tour. Um, this is like, this is her crowning achievement. She's playing all of her hits, she said. Um, and the fact that she went, felt good enough, so we, we thought, uh, to get on the road was a good sign. But what we wondered was, would she have the stamina, the endurance- To go through the whole to tour. To keep this whole thing going. Right, uh, you know, she started the tour last week in England, and now uh, she's in Belgium. She played there last night, um, and she took a moment to talk to the fans about how she's feeling. Listen to what she says, how she says it, um, and and the, the fact that she's saying it in the fact middle she's of saying the concert, it at all, right, right, is the reason for the concern. That is not a ringing endorsement yeah. of health. I'm not feeling really well. To say that now, on stage, and I just the, the at fact the that, beginning, and the fact is that she, alarming. She got 
emotional talking about her the, mom about her health and coming back from that the fact that she got so emotional and then she says she's not feeling well it makes people go like well wait a second are you just toughing it out here when you should actually be at home you know resting which was I, the issue all along right yeah, and, and let's not forget, this is only the European leg of this. Then she comes to the U.S. because remember, originally it was supposed to be the U.S. first, then Europe, so she would have at least had that leg of the tour over. Right. But this is only the very beginning of this thing. And if she's saying she's not feeling well this early and she has months and months of shows left, if you're a ticket holder, number one, you're like, okay, a little nervous. But if you're someone who truly loves her and cares about her, uh, maybe she should pump the brakes here. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of the response at, from people who were at the concert or saw that footage, you know, posted things and tagged her saying, are you okay? Make sure you, you have, you know, proper medical care on tour with you. Rest if you need to. It just wasn't an, an odd thing for her to even, like you said, for her to even say it. Yeah, for her to say it. She, she, probably, even though she sounded okay there. She is a fighter. And she wanted this tour in the worst way and didn't want to even postpone it. And obviously the doctor said, you have to postpone it. Yeah. But the concern all along was she needs to get well enough and recover so that she had the stamina to keep doing this. She knew that people were concerned about that. And the fact that she said it out loud yeah. on stage has got to be concerning to everyone around her. Hi, this is Alexandra Armstrong. I'm calling from Warner Robins, Georgia. I think all of her fans, including me, are definitely hoping that she gets all the rest that she needs and definitely hope that she has all the proper health people around her, doctors, nurses. It looks like she's got her kids and her family surrounding her. She looks good. Um, as a mom, I know that sometimes we don't feel good, but we continue to move on for our kids and for things that we love. It's just not a great sign. Yeah, not a great sign. Okay, we're going to move on. Yeah, to uh, Mauricio Umansky and his uh, Dancing with the Stars partner. Now, we hear this every season on Dancing with the Stars. There's always somebody that they think... Hooked that up. Fans think... Hooked and up and, uh, with their actually, partner. And it's happened. It's actually happened. do hook up. It's definitely happened. Um, but now, some photos What is he wearing? Mauricio. It's Disney night, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my wearing? God! It was Disney night. <laughs> cut him, cut him some slack. Okay. Uh, so Maurizio and Emma Slater <laughs> went out for dinner. That in and of itself is not all that shocking. The they always the dance partners spend a lot of time together. Um, it's the fact that when they walked out of dinner, they were holding hands. That has some people going, hmm. What's interesting here is we've spoken to sources um, familiar with the situation who claim that they were talking about their uh, performance that's coming up on this week's episode of the show, and that it has to do with like remembering uh, an important part of your past life. And the so, year, yeah, right? the most important year of your life. So yeah. they're bonding over this is what our sources are telling us, which is kind of interesting because again, they're holding hands, but I guess there was some kind of connection there with what Mauricio was thinking an important year of his life was, a past year of his life. The year was 1986. And 86 or 96? 96, 96, 96, rather. And um, what we're told is this is when he married Kyle 
Um, they had a kid. Um, Mauricio was working in the fashion industry and he got fired. They were broke. They were borrowing money from people. And he decided, I need to pivot out of this industry. And that's when he went into real estate. So for all those reasons, so it was a transformative So sitting year. over dinner, he's telling her all about this stuff so that she has the context for their dance, right? right. To do the choreography and all of that. So why the holding hands? Yeah. <laughs> Take it for what it's worth. But we're told there's no romance here. But it is interesting. Hi, guys. I'm Ashley. I'm from Long Beach, California. What does make this... A little weird is that back on September 26th, Kyle posted on her Instagram page a promo pic of Mauricio and Emma. Basically, she's promoting the show on behalf of him in support of him. So I just hope it's not a situation where she's being blindsided and he's actually moving on and there's no possibility for reconciliation between the I, two. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that'd be the case. But we should say they are separated they we've all sort of marveled at the separation right they both say they are separated (laughs) but they're totally civil they vacation together she's supporting him on the show hold on we got to take a break can we just say lose the dunce cap i mean that's it's not a dunce cap dude it's a wizard's cap cap it's a dunce cap i thought you were there when they opened disneyland (laughs) like you should know that yeah that was the most important year of my life Dave Chappelle has never, ever backed away from controversy. In fact, he's he the guy who run, yes, he runs towards something controversial. So maybe it's not surprising that during his recent stand-up show in Boston, I believe it was Thursday night, um, he decided he would wade into the Israel waters and came down pretty squarely on the side of uh, the Palestinians. And he felt that um, Israel was, the, I think the word he used, that they were wrong uh, in this particular conflict. Now, this is all coming from uh, reports that were gathered by the Wall Street Journal of people who were inside the show. Remember, Dave Chappelle, very famously now, does not allow people to have cell phones. They are taken away and put in pouches. Sometimes people manage to get uh, sneak a phone in. So far, nobody has from this particular show, but the reports show that after Dave started talking about this, it sort of caused an uproar in the audience. There were people who were yelling at him people to shut out. up. People there were people out. who walked out. Then there were people yelling back and forth in the audience. So um, Yeah, he was sparring with the audience. There were apparently some walkouts. As far as how many walkouts, have no idea. Based on like what I was reading, though, because there were people on Twitter that claimed to have been there, and they said more people in the audience seemed to be siding with what he was saying. And just to clarify what exactly he was saying, he was saying that Israel is more so in the wrong at this point uh, than the Palestinian side because he's saying that they're committing war crimes by basically indiscriminately bombing uh, Gaza. Uh, and he's saying that the U.S. is also responsible for aiding and abetting that. And I should just point out, a lot of people actually agree with that sentiment these days, um, especially at this point in the whole thing. There's two things working against Dave Chappelle, though, in this whole context, um, or one thing I should say. He has been accused of dabbling with anti-Semitism in the past. So I think if it was coming from more of a neutral party, like this message, it might actually be perhaps more well-received. But remember, uh, in his last big special, when he talked about the transgender controversy, uh, there's a joke in there that kind of flew over people's heads. It was a a controversial joke, but it kind of went under the radar. He made a a quote-unquote space Jews joke. You can go look that up. Uh, And that was interesting on its own. But also with the whole Kanye West thing on on SNL, remember that? He was kind of like seemingly sort of defending Kanye a little bit. That was controversial too. So in both of those instances, he was accused accused of anti-Semitism. Now here he is saying this and taking this position in and of itself is not anti-Semitic, but with that history, 
I think right. it kind of lends credence to people accusing him of anti-Semitism again. A again, and Charles and I were talking about this earlier. My, I, my opinion about this is, it's, his point is kind of ridiculous, that when, <laughs> when you He's slaughter 1,400 people, and when you drop 4,000 missiles, you know what the response is going to be. And the response is to eliminate Hamas, and you can't do it surgically because of the way that, that Gaza is as, created. As the general told us earlier. As the, the general show, told us. They are known for using human shields. So you're talking about Their war, own people. You're talking about using war crimes against uh, accusing a country that's trying to prevent itself from being exterminated, that they're committing war crimes and ignoring what Hamas did in Israel? I think, Dave, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I will say the report, though, did say that Dave did condemn yeah, he condemned the terrorist Hamas. attack I, I, as well. I understand your yeah, point, yeah, Harvey. Fine. It's, you it's condemn, I, I know, I know they're kind of stuck between a rock yeah. and a hard place, but people still feel like Israel well, should people. try to be more surgical so, in their whole approach here. And when they figure that out, they should tell Netanyahu, because how do you do that? Hi, Cordero from Chicago. Listen, Dave Chappelle is controversial. That's one thing we love about him, but it's also something that works against him sometimes. I think, you know, in this particular moment, because we are still in the thick of the war, it probably wasn't a good time to incorporate this in his joke and bring it around for us to try to make some sense of it. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what comes from it. Yeah. I don't even know if, by the way, he was trying to get to a joke. Maybe he did, but that wasn't part of the report. Yeah, I've never heard that. Sometimes <laughs> he's just talking about what's going on in the world. Well, I guess Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater feel that the, the storm is, is, uh, has passed them by now. Uh, all the uproar over their relationship when they first got together. More where, about him. Yes, where people felt like um, that he was um, abandoning his family is how some people uh, described it. But... They laid low for several months. We really haven't seen much. We know that they both, they stopped filming Wicked, obviously, during the strike. Um, and they're back here in the States. And they are fully together. But now, yeah, they are- And public. At a point where they feel like they can go out in public. God, is that pretty, look at that. Oh, gotta love New York City. So this past weekend, as you can see, they were at a fancy restaurant in New York. And from what people who were at the restaurant tell us, they were all over each other. Ariana was whispering in his ear, kissing him. I mean, we rarely see these two out together. So at least I felt like I had to see it to believe it. And now that we're seeing it, I mean, I guess they're the real deal. Yeah, no, they seem to be the real deal. And um, they were taking pictures with fans afterwards. So um, they're fully out in the open. Um, you know, there have been some reports that they're actually kind of living together. Um, that would not surprise me, by the no. way. No, they are not. fully, fully together and in the process of getting divorced. Hi, my name is Reese. I'm from Chapman University's Dodge College in Orange County, California. And I just think that this relationship is going pretty fast. Considering the timeline of how they got together and how they got out of their previous relationships, it's just really messy. Shout out to Chapman, by fast. the way. Good school. Well, Kim Kardashian celebrated her 43rd birthday this weekend. Big milestone. <laughs> well, they all are. Wow. She looked um, The outfit right. is milestone. Wow. They had a big fancy dinner for uh, some of family and close friends. But uh, there she is. Oh, boy, the cake has a picture of her um, on the cover. That's of not the cake, sir. Whoever's on the camera, that was not the cake you were zooming in on. <laughs> Got a little distracted. But um, it was Fort her, her picture on Fortune Magazine? Fortune Magazine, yeah. 
By the way, they went to a, a very fancy restaurant that I, I don't know anything about. Funky. Because I didn't, I, I haven't gotten in, but other people here have. They closed the uh, terrace <laughs> down at the restaurant, and they had about 30 guests there. Um, Kendall was there, Chris was there, Courtney Kylie was, not. was there, Courtney was not. But Kim said that they're going to hang out later. Apparently, she's on bed rest, according to Kim, still waiting to have the baby. Has this baby been had? I'm not saying. I'm How's not the saying. rooftop? Uh, What's the rooftop like up there? It's beautiful. Someday you'll go. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>